The Biden administration pushes global corporate tax increases while ramping up spending and taxation at home. The White House signals more bullying of corporations to come, and Republicans are optimistic about 2022. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. I protect my data with VPN, so should you visit expressvpn.com slash Ben. We'll get to all the news in just one moment. First, here is your reminder. You should be saving a lot of money on your cell phone bill. Your cell phone bill right now is way too high, but many of my listeners have already found out you can save tons of money simply by switching over to Pure Talk USA. Thousands of customers are canceling the nation's largest wireless providers because they found out they can get the same service at half the price by switching over to Pure Talk. That's right. Instead of charging you obscene fees to pay for their massive mainstream media campaigns, corporate campuses, retail outlets across the country, Pure Talk passes the savings on to you directly. The average family saves over eight hundred dollars a year. It's a lot of money. And switching is really easy. You can keep your phone, keep your number, or get huge discounts on the latest iPhones and Androids. Right now, you can get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for just 30 bucks a month. And if you go over on the data, they're not going to charge you for it. So what exactly are you waiting for? A lot of these big wireless companies, they'll overcharge you by saying you need unlimited data. You don't. What you need is that unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for 30 bucks a month, especially because if you go over, Pure Talk USA ain't going to charge you. From your cell phone, dial pound 250, say Ben Shapiro. You'll save 50% off your very first month. That is pound 250, say Ben Shapiro to get started today. All righty. So Joe Biden's world-changing plans are apace. Democrats are now preparing a wide variety of tax increases. See, there's this weird idea out there that Democrats raise spending and then they have to raise taxes. That is incorrect. Democrats want to raise taxes. They like raising taxes. Higher taxes are part of the goal. They think that higher taxes lead to redistributive equality. Equity can only be achieved through redistribution of income, even if it means that overall people make less money. Barack Obama said this very openly in 2008. He was asked in the middle of a Democratic primary debate, if you raise the corporate tax rate, and if that results in less revenue to the government because the, go- because the economy shrinks, would you still be in favor of raising the corporate tax rate? And Barack Obama said, I would for purposes of fairness. It is not about maximizing economic growth. It is not about making America a better place to live. It is simply about punishing people for earning and punishing corporations and punishing anybody who runs a business. Because the idea is that the government is supposed to take care of you. The government is God in this iteration. And because the government is God, the government is there to provide you with a fair and just outcome, even if that means that some people have to get punished unjustly in order to achieve that fairer outcome. According to the New York Times, The Biden administration and top Democrats in Congress began detailing plans for significant changes to how the United States and other countries tax multinational corporations as they look for ways to raise revenues and finance President Biden's $2 trillion infrastructure proposal. Now, remember, this infrastructure proposal is a complete boondoggle. 5% of it is about roads and bridges. The rest of it is about a bunch of giveaways to unions. The rest of it is a bunch of waste, fraud, a bunch of nonsense that the government wants to pay for. They've been lying. They've been saying that it's going to create 19 million jobs. That is not true. According to CNN, Moody's did not estimate the infrastructure proposal will create 19 million jobs. They estimated the economy will add about 19 million jobs between Q4 2020 and Q4 2030 if the infrastructure proposal gets passed and 16.3 million jobs if it does not get passed. So in other words, it's going to add theoretically about 3 million jobs, but that's assuming that there isn't a massive economic downturn due to inflation because you keep pumping money into the economy. And everybody understands here that when you blow out the debt the way that Joe Biden is doing, I mean, we are spending more money than has ever been spent in human history. It is that simple. More money than has ever been spent in the entire history of humanity. When you do that, somebody's going to have to foot the bill. Typically, the people who foot the bill are people with savings because you inflate the currency and people who earn more money who are going to have taxes raised upon them. And then 
They simply will not hire people. They simply will not grow their business. How much money are we spending? Congress has doled out, according to Reason Magazine, $4 trillion in response to the COVID pandemic. The U.S. national debt held by the public is currently $22 trillion, about $67,000 per citizen. That surpasses the country's annual GDP for the first time since World War II. On the current path, the CBO predicted in March the debt would grow to 102% of GDP by the end of 2021, to 107% by 2031, and 202% by 2051. It also predicted that by 2051, the federal government will be spending more than a quarter of the annual budget just to pay interest on the principal. All of that was before Joe Biden signed a nearly $2 trillion COVID-19 relief bill and before he started pushing another $2 trillion infrastructure plan. What is the risk to the U.S. economy? According to Reason Magazine, in 2010, midway through the first term of President Barack Obama and on the heels of the Great Recession, the national debt was skyrocketing. It had exploded under President Bush, who engaged the U.S. in two foreign wars and expanded elder care entitlements, which are the biggest drivers of U.S. debt. The Tea Party rose to prominence, riding a wave of public concern over debt levels that they said would hinder economic progress and stick future generations with the bill. Republicans claimed to be renewing their commitment to fiscal responsibility post-Bush. After Democrats lost, President Obama established the Simpson-Bowles Commission, which concluded that disaster was inevitable unless the federal government started cutting the spending and raising taxes and reforming entitlements. Then they just ignored all of this. Well, now, say say a couple of, of scholars, now they say that the, the situation is significantly worse, significantly worse than it was then. Jason Furman, who chaired the Council of Economic Advisors under President Obama, he says, he and Lauren Summer, they now say they've co-authored a paper together, questioning past assumptions about the national debt. He says the debt hawks of the 2010s were worried, were wrong to worry that America's balance sheet endangered the economy. But as the industrialized world racked up debt through the 2010s, inflation and interest rates stayed low. The situation, said Furman and Summers, implies the U.S. government has much more leeway to borrow. Furman says the story is still the same here. But John Cochran at the Stanford University Hoover Institution disagrees. He says, if you wait until the crisis comes, everything is much, much worse. So in, in other words, people are starting to believe that we can just suspend the laws of economics permanently. That is not correct. Even Lauren Summers, who, who helped author that study, saying that we're not spending too much money. Now he says we're spending too much money. Debt projections right now are probably too low. They are probably significantly too low. Okay, so they're going to raise taxes and they're going to raise taxes massively. And this is what they're interested in doing. Here's the problem. The minute that you start raising taxes, you start driving corporations out. Multinational corporations simply move out of the United States. We had a bunch of reverse organizations of major American companies during the Obama administration when companies that were sort of partially organized here and partially organized abroad simply reversed course and organized abroad instead because the tax rates were lower there. So the Democratic Party simply denies this. They simply deny economic realities. You can spend money endlessly through modern monetary theory. And also, if you raise taxes on people, they won't leave. Now, obviously, this is untrue. If you raise taxes on people, they will leave. One of the reasons people have been leaving California or places like Florida and Texas is because there's no state income tax in Florida and Texas. I speak as somebody who left California in large measure because of the state income tax in California. But Joe Biden is out there saying things that are abjectly untrue. He says there's no evidence that high taxes drive corporations out, which is just insane. Are you afraid that a higher tax will drive corporations? Not at all. Not at all. Look, the tax, because there's no evidence of that. The tax was 36 percent. It's now down to 21 percent. And the idea that that, that, that's bizarre. We were talking about a 28 percent tax that everybody thought was just fair enough for everybody. The idea is here you have 51 or 52 
corporations of the Fortune 500 haven't paid a single penny in tax for three years? Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man, is uh, Joe Biden's go-to when he has no actual logical counterpoint to the fact that corporations will react in their own economic self-interest to protect themselves if he radically increases the corporate tax rate. So they have decided that they're going to come up with a new solution, the Biden administration. They're not just going to raise taxes at home. They are now going to create a new world order in which the United States works with other European countries to artificially boost tax rates around the world. So if we can't get other countries, if we can't beat other countries on the tax front, we'll get them to join us on the tax front and artificially increase the price of doing business, which of course is not going to avail anybody because corporations will then move to other parts of the world. They've already been doing this. They'll offshore to places that are not in Europe. They will offshore to countries that do offer them tax havens. The the, the notion that you can just change all the economic incentives and nobody changes their behavior is completely crazy. But the goal here is to organize essentially a United Nations of economics. Now, if you wanted a new world order, the way that the Biden administration is talking is the new world order. And here's the thing. Right now, Biden is, quote unquote, leading the new world order. But what happens when other European countries raise their corporate tax rates above the United States' corporate tax rates and demand that we raise our corporate tax rates as well? And what happens when all of our corporations decide, you know what? We're out. We're just going to go to Singapore. We're just going to organize somewhere where the tax rates are not exorbitant. The, the fact that we are even talking about this shows how ridiculous Biden's economic policy is. We'll get to that in just one second. First, let us talk about the fact you don't really want to go to an auto parts store. Well, it's not something you're super into. RockAuto.com will help you avoid that. When you go to an auto parts store, you have to stand in line. Then finally, you get to the front of the line. Then they ask you all these really specific questions about your car. You probably don't know. And then they're like, oh, yeah, we don't have that part. We have to order it online. Or you could just go online yourself by going to RockAuto.com. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear, like airlines do. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Head on over to RockAuto.com, shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why, again, would you spend up to twice as much for the same exact parts? It makes no sense. Instead, Head on over to rockauto.com. Check out their catalog. It's unique. It's remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, and you can choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. They've got amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Head on over to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Shapiro in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you. Alrighty, so the new proposal from the Biden administration is not just to radically increase taxes on corporations, which, by the way, they keep talking about multinational corporations and we're going to punish giant corporations. A huge percentage of small businesses are incorporated. A huge percentage of small businesses are LLCs or Inks. When he says he's not going to raise taxes on people making under $400,000 a year, you know how many small businesses in the United States have people who own them who don't make $400,000 a year? A lot. When you raise the corporate income tax, what you end up doing is raising taxes on all the people who make the money from that corporation. This is going to impact economic development right now. Biden can do whatever he wants because, again, right now we are an artificial recovery because we're an artificial depression. Last year, we had the greatest economy in the last 50 years running up into COVID. Then COVID happened. We had an artificial depression. And now, because of an artificial depression, we're going to have an artificial boost of economic growth when everybody goes back to work. Everybody on the Democratic side of the aisle knows that. And so what they feel like is, okay, well, we've got this tsunami of economic growth coming. That means that we can simply float our taxation boat on top of that economic tsunami. Well, here is the problem. When you change the economy structurally, there are long-term impacts to that. By the way, the tax increases that they're proposing are not real. They're proposing tax increases that materialize over 15 years and spending that materializes over eight. 
Well, what happens 10 years from now when nobody wants to raise those taxes? The debt just goes up. But more broadly, Janet Yellen, who was supposed to be this moderate, Janet Yellen was supposed to be this apolitical figure at the head of the Federal Reserve. All she wanted was sort of moderate, slow inflation, slow growth in terms of the Federal Reserve boosting the economy, and instead has essentially put the Fed rate down at zero and left it there forever. Janet Yellen has a solution to the big problem here, which she's tacitly acknowledging, which is that if you raise the tax rates in the United States, people leave. Corporations organized elsewhere. What is her solution? Her solution is a global tax, a global tax. We can have a global tax regimen whereby all the industrialized countries decide to set a minimum tax rate for corporations, thereby forcing corporations to pay that tax no matter where they organize. By the way, first of all, you think countries are going to do this? You really think countries are going to do this? No one's going to do this. It's ridiculous. If you are a, a smaller country and your only draw is your tax rate, why would you sacrifice that because Janet Yellen wants you to? You wouldn't. Beyond that, if you artificially increase the price of doing business, that has some pretty mainstream effects in the economy. If you boost the amount of tax that corporations pay no matter where they locate, all that's going to do is lead to price inflation. That will lead in turn to job loss. It will lead to a lack of demand. You want to create a global depression, pretty good way of doing that is raising the global tax rate. Beyond that, once you establish the basic notion of a global tax, who do you think is going to run that global tax? You're assuming it's always going to be the United States making those rates. But what happens when all the rest of these countries, they say, listen, you want a global tax? What we really need to do is we need to set up a council a global economic council, and we are collectively going to decide the tax rates for the entire Western Hemisphere. We're going to do it for all the industrialized countries. So we'll just give up the autonomy to set our own tax rates here in the United States because of a global tax. How does she think this is going to work? And yet here she is proposing it, all to justify a crappy, bad economic idea from Joe Biden that is going to offshore jobs. We're working with G20 nations to agree to a global minimum corporate tax rate that can stop the race to the bottom. Together, we can use a global minimum tax to make sure the global economy thrives based on a more level playing field in the taxation of multinational corporations and spurs innovation, growth, and prosperity. Okay, the, the notion of increasing a global minimum tax as, as increasing innovation and prosperity is nuts. I mean, it's nuts. It's taking the money away from the people who do the innovation and the prosperity and giving it to governments who just blow it on random crap. But this is her big idea. And again, there's no way that once you set up the G20 as a global taxing body, that that is, not, that, that is a one-way ratchet. You think that the G20 in the future is going to ratchet the taxes back down? So you're talking about giving up American autonomy in the long run because that's the only way this works. Other countries are not just going to go along with us because we wish them to. They're going to do so if they gain leverage. And the way they gain leverage is by saying we needed a new economic structure in which we all get together and set a tax together. We set a tax together. Basically, we are going to reverse Brexit here. We are going to increase the interconnection of all economic policy with a bunch of countries who have completely different social structures, completely different spending structures. It's wild. I mean, but don't worry. Don't worry. The, the blue states in the United States will get off easy. This is the part that's so incredible. It really is. Democrats are all for increasing taxation, except for their friends. This is the part that's truly astonishing. We'll get to that in just one second. First, let's talk about making your business better. If your business is growing, ZipRecruiter 
is the way to go. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. It's really important for companies and job seekers to be able to connect quickly and efficiently. ZipRecruiter doesn't wait for great candidates to find you. ZipRecruiter finds them for you. When you post a job on ZipRecruiter, it gets sent out to over 100 top job sites with one click. So increase your chances of reaching top talent. Then, ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right skills and experience for your job, and it actively invites them to apply. So you get qualified candidates fast. No wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the very first day. Start finding great candidates today when you try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash DailyWire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash D-A-I-L-Y-W-I-R-E, ZipRecruiter.com slash DailyWire. ZipRecruiter is indeed the smartest way to hire. That's the reason we here at The Daily Wire have been using ZipRecruiter for years, and you should too. ZipRecruiter.com slash DailyWire. Give them a try. You're going to get better candidates, and if you're a prospective employee looking for a great employer, check out ZipRecruiter today. ZipRecruiter.com slash DailyWire. Already so, Joe Biden and company proposing a massive tax increase in the United States. Also, Democrats in Congress releasing their own proposal to add teeth to the de facto minimum tax the United States already imposes on income earned abroad, one that would apply to American multinational companies regardless of what the rest of the world does. The proposal could raise as much as $1 trillion over the next 15 years from large companies. Well, weird, because, um, you know, $1 trillion over the next 15 years, you know what that doesn't amount to? $4 trillion that we're going to spend over the next eight And those are just the two bills that Biden is trying to pass in the first four months of his administration. Utterly wild. Yellen, is her support for a global minimum tax, according to the New York Times, could help catalyze an agreement being worked out through the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, which seeks to reduce companies' practice of booking profits in low-tax haven countries to avoid higher tax bills elsewhere. Negotiators are discussing a range of possibilities for such a plan, but they have not settled on several crucial details, including the rate of the minimum tax. The focus on raising taxes for large companies comes as Biden begins to push to sell a $2 trillion infrastructure plan and finance it with higher taxes. Democrats in the White House say their goal is to ensure companies pay their fair share and don't move jobs and profits abroad to avoid paying taxes in the United States. But of course, we are already taxing corporations at a higher rate than most European countries, so we're now encouraging all those European countries to come along with us. The only way that works is if they also get to control some of our policy. Senator Pat Toomey, said that Yellen's call for a global minimum tax is an admission that Biden's plan to raise the corporate tax makes American companies less competitive, which, of course, is exactly true. The moment that you say we need a global minimum tax, what you're actually saying is that the United States is no longer competitive, so we have to bully other countries into doing what we want them to do. Yellen says that um, the many developing and middle-income countries are struggling financially because of insufficient tax revenue. And that they have to tax more. Yes, that is definitely what developing countries need to do, tax more. Just the unbelievable ridiculousness of this. That's the big problem. Developing countries don't have centralized enough governments and they need more tax revenue. That'll, that'll definitely fix the problem. You know, that, that was the big problem with the Soviet Union. Their taxation levels weren't high enough. Okay, but what is, this, is, what is this really about? What this is really about is punishing enemies and helping allies. Because the same administration, the same exact Biden administration that is currently pushing to raise taxes on corporations and raise taxes on multinational corporations, and raise taxes on the top tax brackets, they are trying to carve out exceptions for their friends. So one of the little-noticed things about the Trump tax bill is that if you lived in a blue state, it absolutely jacked you. The Trump tax bill lowered taxes overall for some 80% of Americans who pay taxes. But what what the Trump tax bill also did is if you were paying a state or local tax, it was not counted as a deduction against your federal tax, right? These are called SALT deductions. They were not counted against your federal tax. So I lived in California. That meant that before 
state and local taxes were taken out of my income. And then based on the remaining income, I paid federal income tax. Those were taken as a tax deduction against my federal income tax. After the Trump bill, they weren't, right? My, t- my gross income was taken as the basis for both the state and local taxes and the federal taxes. So they're basically stacked on top of each other. Okay, that, that creates a, a counter incentive for states to raise their own taxes because now citizens of those states are actually paying higher taxes. Now, what the, what the Democrats would like to do is raise the federal taxes and punish states that have very little tax. Why? Because they now want to basically exempt states and localities with high taxation from their citizens paying higher tax rates overall. The idea is that the federal government is going to subsidize states and localities with high tax rates. So just to get the math wrong, but give a a brief example, let's say that you have $100,000 income. And let's say that you pay $10,000 in state and local taxes. You now have $90,000 left over to pay your federal income tax. And you can take the $10,000 as a tax deduction against that, right? That, That was the old system. Under Trump's bill, the $100,000 was used as the basis for the $10,000 state tax and as the basis for the $20,000 federal tax. He paid $30,000 in federal tax, as opposed to paying 20% of $90,000, which is $18,000, right? So instead of paying $30,000 in tax, you're paying like $26,000 in tax, $28,000 in tax. It lowered your, your basic tax burden. Well, the Biden administration wants to go back to the, the old tax system, whereby if you're in a blue state with a higher tax rate, you are not punished for being in a blue state with a higher tax rate. Now, what's weird about this is that these are the same people who say that they want to fill in the debt gap. They want to they punish the rich unless the rich happen to live in a blue state, in which case those rich should be treated better than rich people living in red states because those red states are better run. And the last thing we would want is for people to move from blue states to red states for purposes of saving on tax money. So Jen Psaki over at the White House, she says, well, you know, maybe we will reinstate the blue state tax deductions. There are some that are proposing, as you all know, salt deductions and other areas that are not uh, revenue raisers. So this will be all a part of the discussion. And absolutely, our economic team and number data crunchers will be crunching numbers as we proceed. But uh, we're, we're kind of in the early stage of, this, of these discussions at this point. So again, they want to carve out exceptions for all of their friends. Just like they want to carve out exceptions in campaign finance reform for big labor, and just like they want to carve out exceptions when it comes to when it comes to you know virtually every other of COVID, they want to they want to exempt all their friends. The same thing is happening here. They want to exempt all their friends from the new tax laws as long as they live in blue states. Why? Well, because those states want to raise their taxes too, and they want to reward those states for raising their taxes. New York is currently set to raise taxes on people earning over a million dollars. So welcome to Florida. All you New Yorkers who are about to move down, please leave your politics back where you came, where they came from. The purpose here is they know that all the taxes are going to rise in California and New York because blue states want to raise taxes. So Biden is trying to make it easier for states to raise taxes, just like Biden is trying to bully other countries into raising their taxes. The goal here is to build back better. And what do they mean by build back better? They mean more top-down government control. They mean more government confiscation of private property and then use for random payoffs to all of their friends. It is a new American order and it is a new world order that is currently being pursued, right? A world order in which if you are an ally of the Biden administration and the left, then you get special goodies. And if you are not, then you simply get punished. Okay, meanwhile, speaking of punishment, the Biden administration continues trying to unofficially punish corporations for not doing what they want. So there is some funny blowback here, but the the reality is that the Biden administration basically pushed major companies based in Georgia and doing business in Georgia into breaking up with Georgia by lying about this Georgia voting law. As I've said before, it was all lies. The Georgia voting law broadens the voting hours. The Georgia law broadens the ability to vote. 
You now have more time to vote in advance of an election. It opens alternative Sundays to voting. The Georgia law does not restrict voting. More people will be able to vote in Georgia more easily thanks to the new Georgia voter law. But the Biden administration was lying about it for political gain because they want to make it seem like Georgia's red nature, meaning that it's more a Republican state than a Democratic state, despite the last two Senate races, that that Republican state is actually discriminating against black Americans. This is the lie Stacey Abrams has been telling for years. It's a lie that Joe Biden has been telling for years. And they tripled down on that with their lies about the Georgia voting law, which we've discussed extensively on the show. Jen Sackett, the White House, was asked about the fact that Joe Biden is a damned liar about this Georgia law. And she just doesn't care. That's the answer. She doesn't care. The Washington Post gave that claim four Pinocchios because that part of the law gives counties the option to extend voting hours. And so I'm just curious if the president is going to change the way that he's talking. Well, fundamentally, the president doesn't believe it should be made harder to vote. But the thing he said has been determined by election law experts to be not true. So I'm just curious if he's going to stop saying that. Well, again, I think we can, uh, the fact checkers will also tell you that uh, this bill does not make it easier for people across the state of Georgia to vote. And that's where he has concerns. Okay, that is not true. First of all, there are fact checkers who have said that it makes it easier for people to vote as in general over prior election law in Georgia. Beyond that, the fact checkers have said that Biden is lying, but they don't care about lying. It doesn't matter. The goal here is to punish people who are not like Joe Biden, who don't think like Joe Biden, who don't think like Democrats. Hey, Saki said that when Biden encouraged the Major League Baseball All-Star Game to move from Georgia, he didn't even care about the economic consequences in Georgia. After all, Georgia's a red state. Why should he care? Here is Jen Psaki saying he, she, she won't even say if Biden considered the economic consequences. Apparently, Cobb County is going to lose about $100 million in this deal. By the way, worth noting that um, Georgia is a heavily black state and MLB is moving to a county in Colorado that's like 75% white. So um, yeah, here is Jen Psaki. Before the president said that he would strongly support moving the All-Star Game out of Georgia, did he consider the economic impact? Because the Cobb County Tourism CEO is saying they're going to lose $100 million in lost uh, business activity, 8,000 hotel rooms. Did he think about that before he said he would strongly support the move? Again, he was doing an interview. Uh, He was given the context, as I just read out to you in full detail of how the question was asked. He answered the question. Okay, so what's amazing here, and we'll get to this in a second, is Biden is trying to back off this slightly because the backlash is coming, guys. The backlash is coming to all this, to the New World Order nonsense. The backlash is coming to the COVID hysteria nonsense. The backlash is coming to spending more money than God. The backlash is coming to the the racial equity bullcrap being promoted by the by the Biden administration. The backlash is coming, and it is coming strong. But Saki says, we are going to punish our enemies. Right? There will be more efforts like this, and there should be more efforts like this to go after corporations and force those corporations to get involved in politics. And if they don't mirror our politics to punish those corporations. Should we believe that if PGA Tour players who are arriving in Augusta this week or today to register for the tournament, if they got together and decided or talked about not participating, that is something he would strongly support? Or is there a difference between... I'm sure you will ask me that question or him this question, but our focus is on doing what we can to advocate for making voter voting easier and more accessible around the country. And that's where our efforts are going to be from the White House. Right, so the answer is going to be yes. The White House is going to militarize against corporations and against anybody doing business with states we just don't like. Now, of course, the people who actually benefit from doing business in these states, they're not going to actually stop doing business in these states. 
right? As, as Marco Rubio points out, the senator from Florida, he said to Rob Manfred, the head of MLB, um, you know, it's weird because I noticed that you are a member of Augusta National. Are you going to give up your membership at Augusta National? He says, I write to ask you whether you intend to maintain your membership at Augusta National Golf Club. As you're well aware, this exclusive members only club is located in the state of Georgia. So you are a hypocrite. By the way, speaking of baseball's hypocrisy here, so they moved the game from Georgia to Denver. There's only one problem. Georgia's new law gives you 17 days of early voting. Colorado's law gives you 15 days of early voting. Not only that, according to Ed Morrissey writing at Hot Air, Colorado also requires government-issued ID for in-person voting the same way that Georgia does. Also, it turns out that Georgia actually prevents people from giving you stuff within a certain distance of the ballot box. Guess what? So does Colorado. It prevents campaign workers from giving food and water to voters within 100 feet if they are wearing campaign apparel. Also, you're, you, you are signature required in Colorado for mail-in ballots. There's signature verification for mail-in ballots. Also, again, the state population in Georgia is 31.2% black, and they moved the $100 million business opportunity to a state where 4.1% of the population is black. Or if you look at Atlanta, Atlanta's 51% black, and um, Denver is 9.2% black and 76% white. So... <laughs> So yes, none of this makes any sense, but it's not meant to make sense. It's meant to be a punishment. Everyone must be punished. Everyone must be punished. And the media are full in on this. The Biden administration is full in on this. NBC is now openly targeting corporations to try and force them to disassociate from any state they don't like. It's not just Georgia. Brian Schwartz over at CNBC, a political finance reporter, he put out a piece yesterday saying that Disney, Geico, Expedia, and, uh, and other corporations Backed Florida lawmakers who are now sponsoring restrictive voting bills. Since 2018, thousands of dollars have flowed from these corporations into the campaigns of Florida lawmakers sponsoring the bills. Now, the idea here is that all of these corporations are supposed to cut off business with the state of Florida or giving donations to any Republican who supports anything that, they, that, that the left does not like. This is all a bully tactic. It is all designed to militarize private industry against people with whom the left disagrees. And it's really, really gross. Okay, this is going to have consequences as we'll talk about in just one second. Okay, because it turns out that there is a momentum building and it is not on the left side of the aisle. It is not on the left side of the aisle. The worse the left gets, the more there will be a backlash. Right now, people are pretty sanguine about what Biden is doing because they're not following it because he's a houseplant. Because all he's there to do is hide the water stain. He's a non-threatening, nearly senile old gentleman who doesn't seem particularly mean. And the media just cover him with this, with this sycophantic slobber and everybody kind of goes, okay, I guess things are all right. I mean, the economy is recovering. We're going back to work. There will be consequences to this stuff politically. We'll get to that in just one second. First, let us talk about the fact that when you see a home with ugly blinds, when you walk into a home and it's got bad window coverings, occasionally, now, now, you're gonna do, now that I've said it, you're going to see it. You walk into the home, you look at the blinds, and you realize this house needs an upgrade. Well, look at your own house. Does it need an upgrade? If it does, you need to check out my friends over at blinds.com. Blinds.com makes it simple to shop. Top quality blinds, shades, and interior shutters from home with easy online ordering and free shipping. The experts at blinds.com understand that window treatments are one of the household items you just don't think about, but they can make a huge impact on the look and feel of your home. You don't need to do a full renovation. By simply changing what's on your windows, you can change the way light comes into your home, and that creates a totally different feel. Head on over to blinds.com. Just take a look at all the options. Full wood blinds, cellular and roller shades, even outdoor shades. If you're nervous about trying them, no reason to be because blinds.com has helped millions of homeowners 
through the process. Plus, they guarantee the perfect fit, whether you do it yourself or have them measure and install everything for you. Go right now, see how much you can save at blinds.com. When you check out online, don't forget to tell them you heard about blinds.com from The Ben Shapiro Show. Rules and restrictions may apply. Go check them out right now, blinds.com. Again, upgrade the look and feel of your home and do it in an inexpensive way, blinds.com. Okay, in just a second, we are going to be getting to COVID insanity and the, the left's continued focus on generating a sort of panic feel about COVID, even though the, the statistics just do not justify that sort of panic. First, as you return from Easter and Passover, it's important to reflect on the impact holidays have on our faith and the impact Judeo-Christian values have on our culture. More and more, the left would love to erase those values and replace them with their own pseudo-morality. That's one reason we've launched a brand new talk show with Candace Owens. She's one of the fiercest protectors of conservative values and free speech there is. Go behind the headlines and Twitter fights and see Candace as herself. Funny, political, insightful. Watch her host lively discussion panels and exclusive interviews with an always exciting round of guests. Candace is also the first Daily Wire show to appear in front of a live studio audience, an element that's rarely been seen in conservative media and cements our commitment to fighting for the culture. Whatever the left does, we can do better. The show streams on Fridays at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central at dailywire.com. But you can get the audio podcast, Candace, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. So if you need some Candace Owens in your podcast feed, look no further. Head on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and subscribe today. Be sure to leave a five-star review if you like what you hear. You're listening to the largest, fastest-growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. Okay, other factors that are going to lead to blowback here. So we've already talked about the economic policies of Joe Biden, which are going to put an artificial damper on what should be a rip-roaring economic recovery here. We're talking about inflation, inflation of prices. We're talking about spending money we don't have. We're talking about raising taxes to ungodly levels and then trying to basically build an economic Berlin Wall to keep companies here at home. All of this is bad. Then you have the, the insane bullying of a White House trying to force corporations into doing what they want them to do politically. And you have corporations going along with it. Then you have the White House continuing to promote this COVID insanity, this notion that COVID is not on the way. We have over 100 million Americans who have already been vaccinated out of a population of 330 million. That is mostly the most vulnerable who have been vaccinated because we started with everybody over the age of 65 in rational states. And the vaccine is now available in places like Florida to everybody over 18 years of age. So we are near the end of this thing. And yet we are still seeing the symptoms of COVID insanity everywhere. And it's being treated as, as some sort of normal. Like the new normal is COVID insanity. This has some real world consequences and people are quite sick of it. The, the tape that was making the rounds yesterday is from Spirit Airlines where they kicked a family off because a two-year-old would not wear a mask. By the way, this is a family. You can tell it's an Orthodox Jewish family um, because he's wearing a yarmulke. And, uh, and the, he has not only a special, he not only has a two-year-old who's eating, who's eating and not wearing a mask, which is okay, but also a special needs child sitting in that row. And the stewardess suggests that this family has to be kicked off. She calls the cops and clears the plane. Non-compliance with the mask. We're wearing the mask. wearing the mask. She's not wearing it. The baby? She's wearing the mask. I thought, she's I thought she's wearing the baby. Wearing wearing the mask. Mask. She's not wearing it. We keep putting it on. Pilot wants you off. You have to get off. Who wants me off? Pilot wants you off. Who? She's, she's a baby. Pilot, she's, she's a baby. Off. I fixed my plane. How old is she? She's just turned two a month ago. I understand. It's five and up. What's the shield? I'm trying to wear it. She keeps falling off. Stop it. They deplane the entire aircraft. Okay, this stuff is crazy. It's crazy. And you know what? It's unnecessary. Planes have not been a vector for transmission the entire time. The entire time. People are not getting this thing on planes. Okay, that's been true since the beginning of the pandemic. Now that everybody is getting vaccinated or everybody's already had COVID. I mean, because remember, 
millions and millions of Americans have already had COVID and not had the vaccine. Again, I was at an event over Passover where people weren't wearing masks. And if a, a reporter had walked in, they would be, oh my God, surely this will be a hotspot. Except that I asked the crowd at one of my speeches, how many of you have already had COVID or have had a vaccine? Every single hand in the audience goes up, except for a couple of parents brought like a five-year-old and the five-year-old didn't, didn't put his hand up. Okay, th this country is not in the middle of another COVID pandemic. And yet, if you read the media, what you get is that the country is in the middle of a COVID pandemic, which is why we should all be panicked about people not wearing masks around us. And the media are lying to you about COVID, right? They just openly lie. 60 Minutes openly lied about Ron DeSantis. They suggested that Governor DeSantis here in Florida took a $100,000 bribe from money into his super PAC in order to get Publix to distribute the vaccine, which is insane because Publix is the number one grocery store with 800 outlets in the state of Florida. They've given 1.5 million people COVID shots in the state of Florida. That's a bad thing, apparently, according to your mainstream media. By the way, a Democratic mayor of Palm Beach County, he said that this is nonsense. He says, I watched the 60-minute segments on Palm Beach County last night and feel compelled to issue this statement. The reporting was not just based in bad information. It was intentionally false. I know this because I offered to provide my insight into Palm Beach County's vaccination efforts and 60 Minutes declined. They know the governor came to Palm Beach County and met with me and the county administrator. And we asked to expand the state's partnership with Publix to Palm Beach County. We also discussed our own local plans to expand mass vaccination centers throughout the county, which the governor has been incredibly supportive of. We asked, he delivered. They had that information. They left it out because it kneecaps their narrative. That is the Democratic mayor of Palm Beach County, Dave Kerner. He's a Democrat. Okay, the media are so focused in on the Biden administration narrative that the pandemic is endless, which is why we have to spend oodles and oodles of money and build back better. They're so focused on that that they're just completely willing to override reality. It's amazing. It's an ama By the way, what are the real world impacts of this? How about this? Yesterday, the Los Angeles Public Health Division issued their daily update from April 5th. There were 366 new cases in LA County which is a county of 10 million people. How many new deaths were there? One. One new death in LA County, okay? Which is, again, a county of 10 million people. They closed outdoor dining in LA County. <laughs> this is crazy. And there is going to be a backlash. And the backlash is going to be severe. It's going to be real, and it's going to be severe, which is why Harry Enten got himself in all sorts of trouble yesterday for pointing out the obvious. He had a piece over at CNN pointing out the early signs are very good for the GOP in 2022. He says, President Joe Biden's first two and a half months in office have been far better received than former President Donald Trump's. Biden's been able to maintain an approval rating north of 50%. Yet, a look at the data also reveals that Biden's Democratic Party has likely not picked up any support since the election. If historical trends hold, Democrats are likely going to face a rough political environment in the midterms. One of the best ways to judge the political environment is through the generic congressional ballot. The generic ballot asks respondents some form of the following question. If the elections for Congress were held today, would you vote for the Democrats or the Republicans? Democrats are ahead on that measure by about four points in the average poll taken since the beginning of Biden's administration. That lead is about the same as the final margin in the 2020 presidential race and in the 2020 House popular vote. This tends to line up with what we have seen in terms of party identification. Remember, the 2020 polls tended to underestimate the Republican position, which means Republicans are actually doing better on the generic ballot now than they were heading into the 2020 election. Additionally, the types of voters who will be casting a ballot in 2022 will likely be more favorably disposed to the GOP than the overall voting population. The reason is that when there's a Democrat in the White House, Republicans have a turnout advantage. A study I did back in 2018, says Harry Enten, who's formerly a 538, reveals that voters who turned out in midterms with Democratic presidents were more Republican-leaning than registered voters at large in every single midterm since 1978. 
On average in these midterms, the gap between the registered voter and the actual electorate had been about five points more Republican among the actual electorate. Just applying that shift to the polling now, it's not hard to imagine that Republicans may already have an advantage with the voters who will turn out next year. Of course, it's possible the cycle could be different. It's likely, however, there will be some movement toward the Republicans in the national political environment between now and next November. The party not in control of the White House has done worse in the national House vote than they have than they were doing on the generic ballot at this point in 12 of 14 midterm elections for which we have polling at this point. The only exceptions were 1974, when Democrats already had a large lead, and 2002, when polling didn't take into account September 11th. Once you control for who controls the White House, there's a surprisingly strong correlation between the generic congressional ballot 19 months before the midterm elections and the eventual House results. If trends hold, the likely national House results in 2022, given the current generic ballot, is Republicans winning by between four and five points. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, we all know the first thing we do when we get home from work is change out of those work clothes and get into the comfortable lounge where, well, luckily for me, I have Tommy John because as I slip in to something more comfortable, my Tommy John loungewear set, I'm immediately enveloped in a cocoon of supreme softness and unparalleled comfort. Not only is their loungewear cozy enough to use as sleepwear, it's stylish enough to wear for a quick stroll to the park with my kids. And you won't look like you just rolled out of bed, even if you may have done just that. Tommy John uses luxuriously soft tri-blend fabrics with flexible four-way stretch. Plus, their fabric is non-pilling, meaning it doesn't leave behind lint balls or fuzz. And guys, you might be wondering how they can get any better. Good news. Their underwear, amazing. I mean, I've been using them for years, literally throughout all my other pairs of underwear. Incredibly durable. Their fabric moves with you. It's just great stuff. Plus, Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or it's free guarantee protects your most valuable asset. So shop at Tommy John. Get 20% off your first order right now at TommyJohn.com slash Ben. Save 20% for a limited time at TommyJohn.com slash Ben. That's TommyJohn.com slash Ben. See site for details. So it would be a historical anomaly for Republicans not to win back the House in the next election cycle. Right, so this, this notion that Democrats are always and forever going to be on the, on the move here is just not true in the same way that it was not true in 2008 after Barack Obama won a sweeping victory. And you can tell the Democrats are starting to run scared here. One of the ways that you can tell the Democrats are starting to run scared is that Joe Biden is now backing off of his own push for MLB to move the All-Star Games. You remember, he went on ESPN with the reporter Sage Steele and Sage asked him about, by the way, she put out a tweet saying she disagreed with him on this. <laughs> so just worth noting, Sage Steele asked him, you know, should MLB move the All-Star game? He said, I would, I would back that. Well, now that Stacey Abrams was pointing out to Joe Biden and company that you just alienated a huge percentage of Georgians with this nonsense. Now Biden's trying to back off of it. According to Politico, when Biden was asked last week what he thought of Major League Baseball moving its All-Star game, he told ESPN he would strongly support them doing that. On Friday, the league announced it would hold the game elsewhere. And by the way, invoked Biden in their actual press release. Asked during the briefing whether Biden supported the league's decision, Saki reread Biden's remarks and distanced the president from the boycott. She said he wasn't dictating what Major League Baseball should do. He supports them being able to make that decision. Okay, that is just revisionist history. The Democrats might be starting to realize that it's a bad idea to be this crazy. They might be beginning to realize that there will be a backlash to all of this. And by the way, the backlash might be much stronger in terms of both the law and in terms of politics than anybody on the left is willing to contemplate. One of the areas of backlash could theoretically be going after Facebook, Twitter, and Google. Justice Clarence Thomas had a concurrence in a, in a recent Supreme Court case on Monday in which the Supreme Court vacated a lower court ruling in finding that President Trump had acted unconstitutionally by blocking people on Twitter. That case, which the justices deemed moot, 
hinged on the idea that the Donald Trump account was a public forum run by the president of the United States. In his concurrence, Justice Thomas agreed with the decision to, that the case was moot because Trump is no longer president. But he argued that Twitter's recent ban of Trump's account suggests it's the platforms themselves, not the government officials on them that hold all the power. So in other words, if you are going to treat Donald Trump's Twitter account as though it is a public utility, you have to treat all of Twitter like it's a public utility. Thomas wrote, as Twitter made clear, the right to cut off speech lies most powerfully in the hands of private digital platforms. The extent to which that power matters for purposes of the First Amendment and the extent to which that power could lawfully be modified raise interesting and important questions. Thomas said, some digital platforms basically ought to be treated like common carriers. Thomas says, a traditional telephone company laid physical wires to create a network connecting people. Digital platforms lay information infrastructure that can be controlled in much the same way. Thomas argued that while private companies aren't subject to the First Amendment, common carriers are unique in that they don't have the right to exclude. He suggests that large tech platforms with substantial market power should be bound by the same restrictions. He says, if the analogy between common carriers and digital platforms is correct, an answer may arise for dissatisfied platform users who would appreciate not being blocked. Laws that restrict the platform's right to exclude. So Thomas is overtly now stumping for Republicans to pass a law, maybe with some Democrats, that basically say that Twitter and Facebook and Google can no longer exclude people on the basis of political bent. Thomas describes the sheer scope of Facebook and Google's market power, citing Facebook's 3 billion users and Google's 90% market share in search. He says it changes nothing that these platforms are not the sole means for distributing speech or information. A person could always choose to avoid the toll bridge or train and instead swim the Charles River or hike, or hike the Oregon Trail. But in assessing whether a company exercises substantial market power, what matters is whether the alternatives are comparable. For many of today's digital platforms, nothing is. Tom, Thomas said that it wouldn't be a court that does this. He said that it would be a legislature that does this. But he says we'll soon have no choice but to address how our legal doctrines apply to highly concentrated, privately owned information infrastructures such as digital platforms. Here's the bottom line. The backlash is coming. It's going to come strong. People on the right are not going to sit by for this stuff. They are not. They're not going to sit by and watch Joe Biden unilaterally redraw the lines of division and demarcation between the government and the individual. They're not going to sit by and watch social media redraw the lines of the First Amendment. They're not going to sit by and watch Democrats redraw the nature of American freedom of association and freedom of speech. They're not going to do any of that. And they're not going to go along with the corporations that go along with this. There will be a backlash. The backlash is coming. And I am pleased to see that backlash coming because nothing could be more timely than a massive backlash against the wild leftist overreach we are currently seeing. All righty, we'll be back here later today with an additional hour of content. Coming up soon, The Matt Wall Show airs at 1.30 p.m. Eastern. Be sure to check it out over at dailywire.com. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Andrew Clavin Show, The Michael Moles Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. Thanks for listening. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Elliot Feld, executive producer Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover, and our assistant director is Pavel Wydowski. Editing is by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Fabiola Cristina. Production assistant is Jessica Kranz. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. The cowardly governor of Arkansas vetoes a bill that would have banned the chemical castration of children. An insanely lenient plea deal is offered to the two girls who carjacked and murdered a man in D.C. Another family is harassed on a plane because their young children weren't masked. And Derek Chauvin's defense gets the police chief to make a surprising admission on the stand. All of that and much more today on The Matt Wall Show.
We'll get to more on this in just one second first. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. 